and welcome to the Wealth Management Unfiltered Podcast. It is December. It is year end. I'm with Chris Hanna. I'm with Denny Runkle, and we're excited that you decided to listen, watch, join us. Uh, if you're not subscribed, hit that subscribe bell on YouTube or follow us on Spotify and all the channels, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts. Today's going to be a fun time. We are on site again. So you probably saw the video with Heather and we are on site. Denny's in the house in the Fort Wayne headquarters. <laughs> Chris is in the house. I'm in the house. We're not on Zoom today. It's a fun time at the headquarters here at Wealth Management Accounting. And you're probably watching this if you're a business owner and individual. It's your end time. You might be thinking about you're getting uh, for Christmas or you might be thinking about year end taxes. You might be thinking about, wait, should I buy that piece of equipment now? Should I make this investment? Should I do a wash sale on my stocks because they're so down? What should I do? Uh, and, and today we're going to talk about some of those things, but but really, Chris and, and Denny, I want to talk about what the year end looks like for you guys and, and our clients. So I know we're doing annual reviews. I know we're doing some things, but let's talk about first, what are some of the questions you're getting from our clients as it relates to just year end and, and as we look towards uh, tax season? Well, I think uh, most clients, especially on the tax side as we're working with them, are really wanting to know, you know, one is what they're expecting to have as a tax liability next year, mm. uh, which sometimes is an easy question, sometimes a harder question. <laughs> we talked all about that with others. It can be sometimes either, most times it's, wait, what are your numbers, what are your... Right, so what we really try to look at this time of year is we start trying to look through their profit and loss, their balance sheet, and make sure they're cleaned up and usable for when tax season comes, because... Uh, we know a lot of people do their own QuickBooks or that kind of program, <laughs> and then we have a bookkeeping department who also does a lot of client work. And sometimes you got to clean up uh, the client's QuickBooks a little bit to make sure they're usable when we get to tax season, uh, so we can have a efficient tax season. Because when everybody gets their taxes in, they want to be able to get them done, get them in, and get back out. Mm -hmm. uh, and if they're not clean books, then it takes us a little bit longer to get those repaired. So right now we're looking through those to make sure that everything looks right. Cause sometimes you'll find expenses that right now are off a hundred thousand dollars from where they were last year. Wow. And we want to, you know, talk to that client, compare with them, or is that a change that was made? You know, maybe less expenses because they changed their business focus or strategy, or do we think there's an error in the book somewhere? Hmm. And, and we work through that and that just leads down to what their bottom line profit is and make sure that we understand what their tax liability could look like based upon the profit, what they're getting a guaranteed payment or W-2 payroll, and then taking a look and making sure that, you know, this is what you expect as a tax liability. And then from that point, you just look at, see, did you make estimated payments if they did that, or are they having tax withheld? And making sure that they're going to have enough paid in where they have penalties and interest, hopefully. So, so we're doing that right now. We're not, we're not waiting until the, the height of tax season because <laughs> it seems like a lot of people just wait we're a lot of preparers not us but they're just oh yeah just send us other stuff send us your box of receipts and uh, we'll call it a day yeah because we, we find if we do a lot of that now when it gets to the time to prepare taxes we're not just looking at maybe the last couple months to make sure they're okay versus looking trying to look at the whole year and seeing is there things that need to be cleaned up that takes a lot more time during tax season when everybody wants it done fast than right now which is I would say our slowest time of the year, really, because we're done with the last tax season and and we're waiting until the new tax season. So our CPAs and accountants are ready to 
take a look at this stuff. They're not preoccupied by trying to get tax returns done. Well, I, I think you, I look at that a whole different way, Chris. Of course we always do. That's the beauty of our relationship. We're busier now than almost anybody is in April. Because of the reviews, because of the tax planning, they're slammed. In November and December, when most accounting firms could be almost be closed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're in the Bahamas or whatever, because this is t- traditionally their slowest time. And I, I just was dealing with our, our CFO, Hannah, and she said, we will shatter all income records for the firm in December. Wow. She already sees it. And I said, and she, and she just grinned, you know, this is so cool. <laughs> Why is that? Why is that? Why are we the busiest in December when most accounting firms laid off everybody? And, and that's one of the reasons Heather came, as she explained. Mm. She wanted a full-time job. So she we're not a seasonal business like other yeah. No, but I, what I mean by slow, it's just a matter more of that we're not having to prepare taxes right now. Right. You know, people that perceive paying accountants, that's really number one thing they do. And that's where Denny's kind of going to. Yeah, we're really busier than when we're... Yeah, we're we're busy in a whole different way. (laughs) As I I mentioned before we came in and started talking, this is my business time of year because I'm working with the clients and CPAs and accountants to make sure that everybody's ready to go for tax season. So when I say slow, it's not vacation time. It's just we're not having to do taxes right now, which is great, but we'll be right back into it in about six weeks. So if I'm a new client or new business owner coming in, I'm not used to that, right? Right. Why is this going to benefit me? What the, you know, you're asking me for all this information now. You're asking me for to fill out maybe these questionnaires. Why? I usually just wait till tax season. But why? Why now? Well, if you're going to owe tax dollars, do you care more about it now, or do you want to know it when I hand you your tax return and when there's not much left you can do? I, I just want to know. <laughs> right, you just want to know regardless, <laughs> right? But you would like to know when you have time to say, hey, should I go buy that piece of equipment? Hmm. You know, I had a client in here yesterday, and they had about a quarter of a million dollars in profit. And he looked at me and he says, well, I was thinking about buying, you know, a hundred thousand dollar vehicle that we need for our business, uh, another $60,000 of equipment. And, uh, and then it was like another $20,000 for like a Bobcat, you know, should I wait till next year to do that or do it now? And I said, you got the profit, you know, the taxes. So we don't know what next year holds, but are you planning on buying these now or next year regardless? Well, yeah. You need them. Then let's buy them now, reduce your tax liability. Hmm. Let's take a look at that. And, you know, all that discussion then leads to, okay, what are other things we can do? Well, what about a simple IRA or IRAs? Um, or if they're in a lower tax bracket, Roth IRA. People are also always looking to prepare for their retirement at the same time. And I think that's what makes us different with our firm working together with the CPAs and us handling you know, index annuities, uh, investments, and, and working with a broker, is that we can put a plan together that help people out in all those areas because they really do interchange and work together. And, and a lot of people are thinking, you know, how can I get more deductions this time of year? And that's where the IRAs really come into. And uh, a lot of them, again, don't want to wait until just when they get their tax return because right. in their mind, some of them know, hey, I'm not going to have to make another tax payment for another two, three, or four months, right? And so they know if I'm going to owe, hopefully I'm going to owe this amount in tax liability, but I also need to put, you know, $35,000 away from my spouse and I or a simple IRA, they can prepare over the next two or three months to have that ready to go when they need to put that in their retirement yeah. account instead of waiting till the last minute and trying to figure out where all the money got to come from. So quite simply, it's a proactive approach. Very proactive approach that I, right. I don't I mean, listen to. Because then you said in our last podcast, you know, most most 
other firms are, are looking at the numbers for last year, next year. So they're looking at history. Correct. And uh, you have, can you make decisions off history? You can make some, but not a lot of those decisions you're talking about, whether it's doing a simple IRA or Roth or... Well, and, and again, uh, most of the things we do, we didn't think of. These are books, these are strategies, been around for decades. Debbie, it that, seems that's... so obvious. <laughs> like, why, why on earth does no one else do that? I mean, I'm sure others do it, but why? Like, to me, it's an obvious thing. Well, so uh, the book came out called The Perfect Firm as a way to help accounting firms be a lot more helpful to creating wealth. And, and the whole reporting history or making history came from the author of that book, The Perfect Firm. I, I don't remember the author right now, but these are readily available strategies that firms have used and family office concept. We mentioned that several times. The family yeah. office is what the wealthy use to manage their money, create wealth, and that, we're making that available hopefully to everybody. Mm. But what I want to talk about another thing that's so important, on one hand, the business owner, we're looking at how to reduce tax liability. And you mentioned IRAs, simples, pension plans, for all. there's all kinds of things that, that we would use there. But for these people that are like, let's say 59, 60, we're looking at reducing their IRA. So depending on your age, we're totally reversing the strategy. So we're looking how much IRA money can you move at a good tax bracket? You're not hearing that. Never. No, no, we're, we're working on both sides of it. Like I said, some people are wanting to lower that tax liability. Um, other people, quote, quote, we want to help raise their tax liability way, just like any Senate way, because they may find out, you know, they can make another 40000 in a 12% bracket as they're retired, right? And still be in the 12% bracket when we come in, or maybe they're 22% bracket. And we say, you know what? Why don't you go do our IRA rescue plan? Why don't you pull out $40,000 out of your IRA this year and get it taxed at a low rate, we would say, you know, either 12 or 22 possibly, more likely rates will be higher in the future. And by doing that, they're able to get that out, get a tax, and they're buying today's taxes, which I would say are lower than probably in the future. And we're- So that's a, that's the IRS, because we have the IRS, that's the IRS, and I've, I, this is the first time, and I've been in the industry before, this is the first time I heard about this rescue plan. That's basically what it is. Yeah, it's, because if you guys ignore it, you try to pull out a whole lot more later, you can pay a lot more in taxes. And again, this is very well established by Ed Slott mm -hmm. that has published books for, what, 20 years, second or third edition about the IRA time bomb. This is nothing new. It's out there. What's the synopsis of the time bomb? The time bomb is waiting till 72 now and having to force distribution, which is called required minimum distribution, we call RMD for short, where you now are taking out a huge sum of money based on IRS, forcing you to, paying the tax liability and reinvestment when you don't need the money to live on. You have no control how much is coming out. Because they tell you. <laughs> so, so for example, one of my new people, Kaylee, I mentioned her name because she's going to be a financial planner and we're talking about this. And she said, I just met with my grandfather. He was so unhappy. He says, how is it I'm here at whatever age it was, 75, 80, whatever age he is, I'm paying more taxes now than I've ever paid in my life, and I don't even need a fraction of it to live on. How does the world like me? And he was just ranting and ranting. And she says, wow, Denny, that became real. When my poor grandfather has never seen him this upset because he is paying the most amount of tax in his life for the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. Is, could we call that a bomb? Yeah. 
in, in the age of I'm sorry, I'm in, it's just you're supposed to be enjoying your life and building a legacy and having a legacy and and yes. keeping that wealth and you're giving a lot of it away. And guess when we have to address that? The minute you turn 59 and a half. So between 59 and a half and 72, to come out with a strategy to significantly defuse that time bomb is the IRA rescue. Or, or you have examples <laughs> of, I've got a client in Florida I speak to, and uh, you know, as clients are getting in their 80s, sometimes mm -hmm. 90s, they may go into a, a facility where, um, you know, they, they get this care that may, they have, may have put on $120,000 down. Like a long-term care, like long care okay. facility, and they get a big tax deduction for that. I'll leave the CPAs up to what that deduction is. But part of the IRA rescue plan there is, this client and I were talking, and she goes, you know what? I can convert $50,000 of my IRA money to Roth or non-qualified money. At this point, not hardly paying any taxes. So we're taking something that is part of a life event that mm -hmm. many of our family members go through and at the same time, helping to reduce their taxes and may hardly pay anything in tax rather than just ignoring it. The client passes away, and now the family has to deal with the tax liability of that investment because then we took advantage of an option. Again, that, that's nothing tricky that we're doing. That's a well It's just understanding, right? It's, it's, and communicating. That's what I find. This isn't, uh, you know, the McDonald's secret sauce. No. In a way, it is because no, one, no one's using it a lot. Well, but it's not it. because it's not available. Right. <laughs> it's just that... And again, we don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but holistically recognize the client's time bombs in their future. Navigating what they're going to be facing and help them know and have options to choose how they might feel comfortable for that huge future problem. That's all we're doing. And I feel too, a lot of it is just communication, honestly. It's, I don't know how many clients I talked to. I just had one earlier this morning that, you know, my previous accountant, my previous planner, I call them, leave message, they don't call me back. And it, it, yeah. it, even, you know, we're, we're, it's we're, we're customer busy. service. Right, right, right. We're busy sometimes. <laughs> I tell clients, you know, just be like Chick fil A, right? Yeah, just, yeah. It's simple and, as that. And it's amazing how many clients just appreciate that. I mean, I might not be able to give an answer right then. I may have to call them, you know, later on that afternoon, next day. But just me calling back within 24 hours, 40 hours, and sometimes even less. Is huge because mm -hmm. they're like I called my other accountant two weeks ago and haven't heard a thing from. So, you know that's part of I think our advantage too. When people call in, they're not getting uh, a voice response. You know, press one, press two, press three. They're they're talking to a live staff member when they call in, and if we're available, and not an appointment or working quiet, you know they can get to us. They can communicate with us. So access. We, I, I think the access to communication in our firm is well above many other firms apparently because client can tell me that. Right. One well, and and. You know, there's the side effects of COVID. Companies are trying mm. to be more automated yes. to the to a fault, right? And, and we love automation, right? Mm. We have internal process. We leverage technology in a big way. Yes. But we don't lose the high touch. We don't right. lose. You're always going to talk to a person, and if you don't, if you get a voicemail, you're going to get a return call. It's, you're not going to get phone treating, right? Well, and one of the, the the blessings we've really experienced is the amount of young people coming onto our staff. You know, we have a bunch of 20-somethings, a bunch of 30-somethings that want to do this, believe in what we're doing and are getting the education through our, like Chris and myself and Jim and Heather, who we just saw, who have a vast amount of experience. And I'm so excited these kids want this. They want to learn it. They love it. 
And I, I just talked to another employee. I said, is your 90 days? And Don said, well, not yet. And I said, so how are we? I love this. I mean, you can tell this is not a job. This is something that I want to pour in. I love what you're doing for people. And I hope every single person out of our team feels that one. I think they do now. They all care we have here. So they're never going to, they're always looking for a way to help a client that may be frustrated or feel, you know, anytime you're talking taxes, you're talking about asset protection, you're talking about estate planning. I, I just had a new client. She says, every time I see money and estate planning, I go, I get nervous. I start getting uncomfortable. Can you help me feel comfortable? Mm. Now, what a, what a, what do people really want? They just want assurance, they want comfort, they want confidence. Yes. And that, and I guess if there's something that makes us different, we strive very hard for the client to feel that way. Because we look at, I'm looking at the financial circle of care, right? When we develop a plan and we have this plan, we understand the numbers, we know your goals, and then we're dealing with these situational events, these future time bombs, we look at it from an asset protection, estate planning, investment, and tax planning. Not just one perspective, right? Because each parts of the pie affect each other. And I think that's different. And it's, it's hard to do, right? Imagine uh, if you're watching this, you probably you might have a financial advisor you might have an investment, I'll say investment dude, it could be a gal too. You might have a, uh, you know, you, you might have your accountant. Have you ever tried getting them all in the same room? <laughs> have you get them on the same email thread? It's nearly impossible. Well, but getting them in the same room is actually the easiest thing to do, even though that's impossible. Getting them a degree on any point of view is impossible. Right, because you're we're they, they won't. I mean, I've I've been through it. I heard, <laughs> I had I had a uh, you know this property I wanted to buy. I talked to all three, and they told me three. It was a different thing each time. I'm like, I didn't move forward with the property eventually, but I was just like, what do I do? I'm confused. Like my CPA said, well, this is what this will happen. Well, my lawyer said, well, are you doing it under this entity? And my investment person's like, oh, that's a bad. <laughs> I just, I don't know, <laughs> I'm stuck. So I do nothing, right? And that's, that's probably the worst thing. And I think, and I think yes. it's the strength of us. It's not like Denny or myself or any one person in here is a complete expert over all four of those areas you mentioned. We are working with a team that has experts in all these areas. And we're really, my goal a lot of times is just trying to get everybody together, communicate and talk, and all work towards the client's one goal. And by us having 20 years of experience doing that, uh, it's very efficient for us nowadays. And, and you know, some of the staff are here in this building, other ones are working on their businesses around the area, but we're able to communicate with them very quickly because of a long-term relationship with these. I mean, some of the people well, we work with that are outside of our business, we have over 20 years of working relationship with them. So yes. there's a lot of history and, and communication. There's a track record, yes, it's proven. But I, I don't want to give the impression that all our team is always going to agree because that does not right. almost never happen. But we come out with what is the best solution that satisfies everybody a little bit or a lot, but no one part of our team is ever going to be like, I absolutely agree that's the way. Yes, I can live with that, that that's accomplishing the goal, client's goals and meeting my representation on the taxes or the estate planning. That's the point. Or, it's, it's achieving those different perspectives yes. and making sure all so of those we're elements. doing that, and we then as we grow together, we know that, well, this was work, this is work, and as 20 years goes by, all of a sudden, 
those planners say, well, I agree with you now. I didn't before, but I'm seeing how Chris's perspective actually turned out better because we've got all this history, and I'm going to agree that where they never would on their own in their own profession. How do we quantify the value of that relationship and coming up with a solution that the client can feel warm and good and confident about that recommendation, which is just like, you know, we would have been on your team. We would have said this, Justin, is first choice. We have another one that you may like. We like the first choice, but here's the second one. That's what I love. It's not a one-size-fits-all. It's not no. a you have to do it this way. No. We want to show you the options, and this is our advice from these different perspectives, but the plan is centered on you, so what's going to, you know, you have to make that decision. Well, it's like Greg Reynolds. So much of the time, and we discovered this the last few years, how important he is in the tax planning. It is a broker. And almost all brokers say, wait a minute, I'm not on CPA. I can't give you advice, but Greg has seen how we work, and he's already said, here's a solution that your CPAs might find helpful up front. I mean, it's right, right. I mean, this supercharging. Just when I was finishing, when I, before I came in here this morning, on my way in here, I stopped by our CPA. I talked to, actually, Greg just a few minutes ago about a client that he's saying, hey, we want to liquidate his investments because we need to make a transition in their portfolio. And he said, here's the possible tax liabilities. Can you run it by your CPA to see, make sure there's nothing there that could affect us too bad? I mean, he's got some gains that he wants to liquidate. So, I mean, I'm always for liquidating gains, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you may pay taxes, but you got gains. Right. But there's the client wants to know, hey, is this going to work out okay in this client's tax return? So, I dropped off. tax planning. Tax planning. I dropped off the form to Jim to take a look at one of our CPAs. And he's going to look at it and say, give me kind of, yep, that looks great. Or, you know, maybe can we do this or that? And we'll get back to Greg and say, nope, go ahead and liquidate. You know, so next spring, our client isn't going to surprise of, oh, that got liquidated last year. We didn't realize that was going to create this kind of tax liability. Mm -hmm. see, right now, like I said earlier, just on the year in planning, it's not really a year in planning here, but it was more just a transition for the portfolio. But we already know what that expected tax liability is going to be, and the client's going to know that. That way they can prepare if they need to withhold taxes or they're not having to have sleepless nights wondering what their tax bill is going to be. Right. Right. Well, we did. We just had a case where Greg had a huge gain, and that's kind of weird this time of year, or, or the environment in the oh, market. Yeah. And and I, I, I said, wow, I, this client's really having a great year. And then I, I talked to one of the other team, and they said, well, yeah, but he's got a great big carry forward loss from something he created before he even came to us. Awesome, apply it there. Yeah, we got our cake and eat it too. And it, it, my team gets excited. Right. And the client says. I don't have any tax liability. No, we got a carry forward loss. Do you even know? I had no idea how to carry forward loss yeah. on the balance sheet. Yet, ninety-nine percent of the business owners coming in don't have a balance sheet, mm -hmm. and that's where that balance sheet, the carry forward loss, the retained earnings, is critical in our planning. We have to have it's it. That source of truth. Yes, right? that, that data that can inform decisions. Not that you know. I think we talked about this a little. People think logically, but they buy emotionally. Right, and make decisions emotionally. And if I'm up all night thinking about, I might make decisions where I think I'm helping my tax liability. Or I'm gonna, I'm gonna sell now. Or I'm gonna buy now. Or I'm gonna. And I, I think what we provide is we can help manage those emotions. I and mean, we're not, we're not a therapist or counselors, but in a way, we're guiding. Well, you, what you brought up was a big, big issue. I have a client that wants to do something. 
and I'll say, well, this is going to be negative, a big negative impact on your tax planning. So how bad do you want it? Do you want to make this purchase knowing that it's going to cost you 50000 extra in taxes? And I said, it's your choice. I'm just making you aware of the consequences of your choice. Mm. So we don't have to agree, but the client's aware. Instead of finding, oh, I bought this and I got to come up with 50 grand somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, one of the greatest examples of that is the year in planning, but then he's talking about, I have, mm. I've had a year in planning time after time, a client coming in and saying, hey, you know, I'm at the end of the year, I got some nice profit, had a great year, and I'm thinking about going out and buying this piece of land to help reduce my tax liability. Well, when I'm saying piece of land, I'm saying like a bare piece of land. Right. And I've got my CPA sitting in there with me as well. And the CPA and I both kind of look at each other and have to inform the client that there is not a tax write off for buying a bare piece of land. These are real life experiences. Yeah. And, and the clients look at us like, what are you talking about? And it's like, but Google said up. this, and Fox <laughs> Business said that too. And, and actually, so again, it's like, is that something you really want to do? If it still is, then you know you might want to look at going out and borrowing some money to help provide the cash flow to pay for that and get it more in line with how your cash flow and your tax liability get work. So I know we don't like debt, a lot of us. We don't want to have to go out and borrow, but sometimes in a business situation, you have to do that. But it's all important to have make sure you have you know cash and money or a possible investment on the other side to make those payments in case you can't cash flow it. And that's again what our wealth management accounting philosophy is, is working as a team together to help say, yeah, you may have to go out and borrow, but let's look at what you're doing with your other assets. How can we prepare your other assets to, in worst case scenario, make those payments if your current cash flow can't? So what Chris is saying is a huge, huge deal. I have a client said, hey, I made I built a barn. There's one of the things we've had had several times. I bought a barn, so I took care of my tax liability this year. <laughs> and I go, so all your cash went there, and yet I'm showing you need 100000 to pay your taxes. Mm-hmm. Well, no, no, the barn took care of it, so I got a big deduction. No. So now you tied up all your cash, you're going to go have to borrow money to pay the tax liability. And when you, so you obviously know you can get a lot better rate on an asset collateralized than a right. signature loan. So now they're paying a much higher interest level to get the cash to pay the tax liability than if they just would have made a call. Yeah, wouldn't you rather do it right the first time than... Uh, <laughs> uh, this and, is really it's, common, it's simple, it's me- simple. Measure twice, cut once. Yeah. Cut twice, measure once. Which way is it? Which way do you want to do it? So I'm trying to... Uh, we have probably five more minutes. Um, I'm trying to categorize. We had this discussion before the recording, right? What, what, how do we categorize this kind of work? Because in this space, in the financial services space, if you type financial advisor or insurance person or investment advisor, you're going to get ads, you're going to get phone calls. It is a crowded space. Uh, and what I'm hearing, this is just my third party business owner hat, is, is you're, you're a guide, you're advising me but you're also, you have a team and you have specialists, right? So it's like the best of both worlds where you're not too, you're not too much of a generalist, but you, you, you know, if I work with one person, they have their tentacles or their, they know what's going on, but then they work with the resources, the, the, resources, the experts. What, what's that kind of, I mean, we talked about, is it a financial advisor? Is it a wealth management specialist? Is it, what do you guys think? For me, I think it's a philosophy. Wealth management accounting is a philosophy of what you mentioned earlier, asset protection, estate planning, investment management, and tax planning or tax deduction planning. 
it's us working together with a team, like you mentioned, that we do have specialists. And that philosophy is something every single person, every client needs, whether they're a business owner or going to be a retiree or heading into retirement, they still need to deal with all four of those issues. So to me, it's a team working together is, is what's most important. You know, everybody can have their own titles, that's fine. But without that team that you have experts in certain areas, and some of them are in this building, some of them are outside this building, independent people. And I think that's the power though. Mm-hmm. You've got a, a community here, a, a group that is working together for your needs um, to satisfy all your financial questions that you have. And if we can't answer it, we're always willing to go out and find that person that can. Right. And that's that, I guess, advising or guiding. If you don't know the answers, you always will pursue the answer. Yeah. Pursue the right yeah. answers and, and pursue. What's so that? financial advisor, what does that really mean? As almost anybody from your bank to your credit union to uh, the brokers could really be classified. Mm-hmm. But what does that really mean? Yeah. I mean, people claim to be it and say other people are not. What does that mean? What is a financial advisor definition? I'm not sure you can find one that's short. Right. It's too general, really. It is. It, it, it's <laughs> but like, I'll say what I want. I want... I want someone that has my back, if I'm, if I'm a business owner, an individual, I want someone that has my back, that knows what we need to do and it provides mm-hmm. clarity, right? We talked about, I, I really, you know, I want to maximize my earning, I want to retain and create wealth, create, retain and preserve wealth. But when, when it comes to brass tax, I just want to feel confident and good, you know? It's, it's, uh, maybe I'm just too human. Well, I think, <laughs> I think you're answering confident and good is two things. I want to pay less taxes, I want to retire. Right. <laughs> and in a, a, a simple way, right, that's what we're hiding out with clients too. Pay less in taxes and have the money there for retirement. I think in the end, that's really most clients' goals if you really get down to it. Um, obviously, they want to be able to give away well, the charities and that kind of stuff too. That all comes with that. But Well, but you're tying in what we were previously talking about in creating wealth and, and the amount of tax planning and that. When we talk about tax planning, it's not tax avoidance. If you look at the documentation, the code is written to stimulate the economy by allowing people that are entrepreneurs and can hire other people to grow and create more tax liability. That foundational fact of is missing. Mm. It's not to pay the IRS so they don't audit you. You want to pay what you're required to pay and not a penny more. Right. You want to document it. Render to Caesar what is Caesar's. Absolutely. Read that somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, but people don't understand this is not tax avoidance. This is not anything in helping you create wealth to hopefully help you hire more people, create the economy to be better. And ultimately, people have good jobs that are happy, that are buying products that create more tax liability. Right. <laughs> so if I'm the government or I'm a... I, like, I want that. I want you to leverage the tax code because the the bigger pie means I get a bigger slice. And it's documented. You don't have to look very far. So where does it call, where does this concept that I need to help make you pay the most amount of tax so you're not worried about an audit? How do you evolve to that fear-driven insanity Versus the reality that is really there. I, that That's the part we struggle with. And there's, a, and there's a lot of advantages in the tax code that we just help clarify for clients. I mean, they uh, clients <clears throat> do what they do best, owning their own business, you know, doing what they did before they retired. They, can, they don't get all the concepts or all the details that could be there that they've got to go research. Some of them may have time in retirement, but most of them don't. 
you know what, we're here to help clarify that and help with that communication so that they know these are the options on the table that are available that our, our government has provided. Most of them it's sitting there, but people don't know how to apply it, mm. how to apply that tax code. Mm. Well, there's a confusion we just talked about. When you're creating wealth or have an income, you're trying to put a lot of in IRAs, 401ks, and, and simple. Then all of a sudden, at 59 and a half, you go into the next mode is how do I take that tax advantage money and not being a put in a 72 a forced distribution. So you're working on getting build up and all of a sudden you, oops, we stop, we need to reverse. Yeah, for 40 years I've been working for one goal of accumulating and trying to figure out all that navigation to get oh. there. And then all of a sudden it's like, nope, now we're in one of the distribution phase for the next 30 or 40 years. And that's a completely different mindset that is very difficult and, and people have to help get help to help understand what the steps they need to take in that. And we don't see that. When clients come in, we said, so have you talked about your risk, re risk ratio changing? I mean, as you get older, you have to reduce risk in the market because you have to preserve and retain what you've grown. No, I've not had anything. I, you know, I turned 60, I'm 62 now, so from 59 to 62, there was no change in my structure or investment strategy or anything, much less any talk about the time bomb that you're worrying me. So when we say, hey, you can bomb, Am I going to blow up? <laughs> no, but, but you see, it, it, and, and they said, why have I never heard of that? I think where we're heading is it's almost a new category. And we don't know the answers. We don't know. I think we have the answers. But we're going to start seeing the, the audience is, is maybe this new category that we're forming. And I don't know if it's financial advising. I don't think it's the coaching piece. I, I think, you know, we're playing with words. But the bottom line is if you're on our website, look on our services. It's all about the financial circle of care. We look at all aspects, not just one singular aspect. We look at all aspects and how they affect each other, whether it's you know, asset production, estate planning, investment, or taxes, whether you have a situation, whether you have a huge challenge, or whether you just need clarity and you want that confidence. Uh, so give us a call. If you don't, if you're not already subscribed, subscribe to the podcast. More to come here. Thanks for joining us. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. We'll see you next time.